Okay, that gives us a good time to uh, bring Dan in. He's had a minute to look at these numbers. He's the managing director of KKM Financial joining us this morning. Dan, I want to begin with the PPI. We know jobless claims have been coming in really strong, the weekly numbers, but you know, I was wondering how the market responded to this because oftentimes when this number comes in hot, we talk about how there's not a direct read through to the consumer side of things, but everything's stacking up right now. It seems like uh, the market's having a hard time stomaching this one. Just another straw on the camel's back. It hasn't necessarily broken, but uh, it's starting to feel very weighted, it seems like, at this point. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, this uh, this uh, following yesterday's number, which, uh, you know, or two days ago, I guess, was was a little hotter than anticipated. And now, uh, certainly when you see headline numbers of 07 and uh, 0.5, I believe, um, you know, that that's uh, concerning because that puts us back into uh, a yearly range that is, uh, you know, significantly higher than what the Fed's target would be. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, that this is just another kind of uh, weight now as far as uh, uh, on the market. When you look at probably the reaction in the interest rate environment, we're, I imagine treasuries are going to you know, sell off here and we're going to see yields continue to move higher. And this extends, you know, the Fed's um, um, uh, rate initiative further out on the curve now. And, and that's another thing that the market's going to have to contend with as far as trying to price in uh, higher rates for longer. So, yeah, this is a, it's a strong number across the board for the most part, Ben, outside the Philly Fed numbers you mentioned. And uh, the market's uh, going to have a difficult time probably navigating this for a few days. Yeah, just a quick look here in terms of, uh, to Dan's point, bonds are coming off. Here's the longer date of the ZB. Now, I just mentioned uh, before our last block, uh, the move lower, you can see, uh, well, it's continued, right? We're at 126 right now, but it's a well-defined trend from 132. We're going all the way back to, we're talking in the middle of January. But I just wanted to point out here, uh, I mentioned how we're holding sustained below the 50-day moving average. Dan, I mean, and this is going to give some of these individual Fed speakers some, uh, well, uh, some, you know, they're going to have to choose their words very uh, delicately <laughs> here, it seems like, over the next couple of days. We've got a handful of names to listen to how they respond to these numbers over the last few days. Yeah, for sure, Ben. Yeah, and, and you mentioned there's going to be a, quite a, a significant uh, combination of uh, Fed speakers over the next couple of days. Also, you know, we're getting uh, uh, central bank uh, uh, speaking or activity from a global perspective, too. Mm -hmm. The ECB has been very active, you know, and the bulletin. And yeah. The, yep. And the mantra is pretty much, you know, very similar to what we're hearing in the United States. You know, the market has heavily discounted that possibility uh, now you know there's a reality check kind of kicking in you know still uh, the market's still pricing in a you know a chance of a cut here by the end of the year uh, but with data points like this you know we're going to see that extended out and um, you know is this a one-off or is this just kind of a, a hiccup in the, what has been uh, showing signs of uh, you know as far as uh, a trending lower in inflationary pressures possibly yeah. because it's not going to be a smooth ride but yeah. nonetheless you know this is a from a headline number, this is a definitely a significant number that's going to uh, cause some eyebrows to be raised. Okay, let's talk about a number that that's not a hiccup, that's not a one-off, right? I mean, because we have the jobless <laughs> numbers, going with this one. which have been very strong. I mean, here they are again, coming in better than expected. Uh, looks like they revised last week's up a bit to 195, but at 194,000, another week in a row, we're talking below 200,000. And I mean, this fades direct, feeds directly into the wages component side of things. So, I mean, sure. at some point, the market's going to have to have, uh, to your point, a reality check, check kicking in if we start to see wages 
wages and, and some of these other inflationary pressures, if it's not a one-off and it starts right. to mount, I mean, I keep talking about these straws on the camel's back. At some point, it does give, doesn't it? Well, we've seen it happen before, yes. So, yes. It, it, <laughs> not necessarily it, it can... indicative of the future, though, right? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Right. And, and as uh, as we can see, and as you and Phil were talking about, you know, the, the market can uh, remain irrational longer yes. than you can remain yes. liquid sometimes. Right. So, uh, it would be interesting to see how this plays out. Certainly, the one thing you would expect, and that looks like what's playing out, is you know the growth area, the names in the growth area. The Nasdaq is selling off more so than the S and P and the uh, Dow right now. We'll see if that continues throughout the session. But that's a trend that you know sometimes can be identifiable when you see interest rates continuing to shift higher. But um, as you pointed out, Ben, the jobs market it continues to remain very tight and strong for the most part. And that's something the Fed has highlighted over and over, and that's one of their mandates. And you know, so you get a, a continuation of weekly jobless claims under 200,000. That's only going to probably keep, most likely, keep the Fed very aggressive in their tone because it gives them the ability to remain aggressive, since that m means they're meeting one of their mandates. Sure does. And in terms of the market uh, remaining irrational longer than you can remain solvent, I've been there a couple times, Dan, oh. and uh, the best of us have in many ways, right? It's, uh, I think, it's important to be able to admit it, but uh, that's. How you learn what not to yep. do. Uh, but I wanted to point out how Dan mentioned in terms of the NASDAQ, we are seeing the biggest move there percentage-wise, down over 1%. But let's dive into the charts again here because I have to stress how this is all still relatively contained, whether you're talking about just the range that was established earlier this week on Tuesday in reaction to the CPI or on the bigger picture, right? The August highs, October lows, 43 down to 35. And I wanted to point out, look at this, the ES still holding inside the range from Tuesday. Similar pattern in terms of the Dow. And then this is the NASDAQ, to Dan's point, down over 1% now, it's coming off, but still is yet to take out the lows from Tuesday, just kind of working its way through the middle of a range from Tuesday, still are testing it, and then the Russell in a similar fashion. You've got all four of these majors still holding up above the lows from Tuesday. I mean, so again, a reflection of how this market may not necessarily be so concerned. Dan, I wanted to shift gears here a little bit and just get your thoughts quickly on commodities. We've got crude seeing large builds, right, the last few weeks. Yeah. I, mean, I think the last time we saw a couple weeks in a row of builds like this, or to this extent, we're talking, what, uh, above 15 million was back in March of 2020. What's this telling us? Well, it tells uh, you that, you know, certainly uh, the, the supply issues that were very, the market was very concerned with are being alleviated as uh, yeah. they're getting counterbalanced by production coming back online. And certainly, uh, you know, the one thing I think is uh, that needs to be highlighted that I talked to Oliver about yesterday is the SPR is, you know, basically at the lowest level since 1983. So at some point, you know, they're going to have to try to uh, probably uh, reinitiate, uh, you know, bringing that back up to levels that I think more people would be comfortable with. But that's an outlier right now, as you mentioned, because when you look at short term numbers, when you look at week over week numbers, we are seeing quite a significant build uh, and refinery rates are also declining to some degree. So, uh, you know, demand just isn't as significant maybe as what the market had anticipated. And you're just seeing the equilibrium in the market slowly coming back online. I, you know, the, the you know the, the pandemic still is impacting various parts of the supply chain, and certainly in the commodity space, that's one of them for sure. Also, natural gas would be another one, Ben, as you're seeing uh, again inventories there at multi-year highs in the case of Europe. 
from a five-year percentage standpoint, as well as here in the United States. So, you know, we're just seeing kind of the yin and yang of uh, the supply chains coming back online and production becoming uh, much more active here over the last couple, of, last year, I should say. Natural gas cratering, uh, you can see the chart here from 10 down to uh, 234 recently. Crude comfortable around this $80, just below level uh, around the 50-day moving average. And, you know, tying this all back to the, we've seen resiliency in terms of the indices. I think some of that is tied to the fact that the worst case scenarios, to your point, Dan, that energy crisis that we were facing, well, Europe especially, but globally, yeah. ultimately as a ripple effect earlier uh, this year into the end of last year, especially, didn't really come to fruition. So that's been uh, definitely ground for the market to stand on. And Dan, we appreciate you joining us here. A busy morning. Hey, uh, thanks for helping us break it all down. Dan Deming, the managing director, KKM Financial.